and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open with me today to the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark. Chapter number 10, I want to preach to you a message today entitled, Cry Out to Jesus. Cry Out to Jesus. This is one of my favorite stories in Scripture. It's a short story, but it's a potent story. And it's one of my favorites because you see Jesus doing what he does best. And that's interacting with people who are on the fringe the down-and-outers, the outcasts, those who cannot do anything for themselves, Jesus loves to help. I'm thankful for that. Jesus said, I did not come for the healthy, I came for the sick. Ironically, he was saying, everybody's sick. But he said, I've come to those who acknowledge that they need me. And today, I want to preach to you a message about what it means to need Jesus. There have been a handful of times where I have been in a hospital room praying with someone, either moments from death or potentially could be the day that they pass. And uh, it's very interesting that we, we pray together. And one of the things that, that is very often said from their own mouth is, Lord, I need you. I need you. Now, there's a lot of things that I think I need. I really need a bass boat. Do you hear that? Do you hear that, Angela? Oh, you didn't hear that? Okay. <laughs> Pastor Appreciation's coming up in a couple months, I'm just saying. Uh, no, don't do that. Put money to missions or building fund, whatever. But um, there's a lot of things that I think I need, right? I need new pairs of pants because for some reason mine just keep getting smaller and tighter. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Uh, I think I need a whole lot of things. You know what? There's only a few things in life that we actually need, right? That we actually need. We need human interaction, right? We need that. We need hope. We need hope. People with no hope can't make it. Uh, We need food. We need water. We need shelter. And there's some things that kind of blur the line, like, you know, it'd be nice to have that, and I kind of need it. And that's okay. It's not as if God wants us to be... Uh, stingy and scrooges for the rest of our life. But when you really boil it down, there's only a few things that we need. Spiritually speaking, there is only one thing we need, and that's Jesus. We need Jesus. And this is true for the person who's lost, and it is equally as true for those who have been serving the Lord for 50 years. All of us need Jesus. So let's look at Mark's gospel, chapter number, what did I say, 10? There we go. Mark chapter number 10, starting with verse 46. The word of the Lord says this, if you go to that next slide. And they came to Jericho. This would be Jesus and his disciples. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, say Bartimaeus. Isn't that a fun name, Bartimaeus? A blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, and many rebuked him. 
telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This is God's word. Amen. I love this story because we see Jesus interacting with someone who needed him. We also see others in the story that don't behave in a way that we would expect them to behave. A little bit of background on the story. This is Mark's gospel. Of course, Mark is, is writing to all believers in his gospel. He's primarily writing to the Romans who, who, who they kind of come from a mixed background. And so he's writing, targeting them, explaining things to them. And, and this is a story, if you read on, the next chapter is the triumphal entry. He's coming into Holy Week. He's on his way from Jericho, New Testament Jericho, by the way, not Old Testament Jericho. He's coming in from New Testament Jericho, coming in to Jerusalem, and his mind is about to be on the grand finale of his ministry. This is what he's been all about. This, it's go time, in other words, right? This is the moment where he is fixing to come in. They're going to celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper. He's going to explain some final things to his disciples that we read about. But this is, a, this is the place where it's about to be the grand finale, the main event of what Jesus came to do. And right before that, while there's a great crowd coming, what does the Bible say? This blind beggar cries out. Now, it's easy for us to get a little bit frustrated with the rest of the people. Shh, quiet, quiet, right? Shh, quiet. It's easy for us to do that, for, for us to say, like, what were those people thinking? But you have to understand the context. He was probably not the only beggar there. It could have been those who, would, by, by ceremonial law, needed to be uh, kept away because of uncleanness and that sort of thing. But it's interesting that this man caught Jesus' ear. He cried out to Jesus, and Jesus heard his cry. His name is Bartimaeus. Say that again, Bartimaeus. And it's interesting because Bar, in Aramaic, Hebrew, hybrid, is a, simply a word for son. Bar Timaeus. But it's interesting. Mark goes on to explain what the name means. Bar Timaeus literally means, and he says it, son of Timaeus. I love that because this is a man who, whose name means uh, it's son of Timaeus. And the, the word Timaeus means highly prized. Highly prized. By the way, do you know, this is the only place in the Synoptic Gospels where Jesus heals somebody and it's named. They're named. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this is the only place in the Gospels where Jesus heals somebody and the person is named. And anytime you see in Scripture somebody's name and it's like, oh, by the way, parenthetically, it's the son of so-and-so and so-and-so, and you're like, why do we need to know the names? Most likely, those people were still alive and Mark is saying, go talk to them. Check this out for yourself. Go and look at this. Right? So-and-so, you know, uh, Rufus and Alexander, son of so-and-so. 
Well, they're like, oh, I met that guy the other day at synagogue. I met that guy. Yeah, that, so that's probably what's going on there. But another reason why Mark gives us the name is to say nobody really heard his name. Nobody really understood. They called him a blind Bartimaeus. Like, he's got to have that adjective to him, right? You ever known somebody that's like, big John, big this? Like, that qualifies them. And this guy was simply known as blind Bartimaeus. Here's what I want you to think about. His name meant son of someone highly prized. And Jesus said, yep, you sure are. Everybody else may say blind, but you are, you are one who is highly prized. Jesus calls Simon, Simon son of uh, Jonah, Simon bar Jonah. There's Bartholomew, there's Barabbas, there's Bartimaeus, right? There's, there's these different uh, Bartholomew in the Bible. And, and anytime you see the names given there, names in the Bible meant something stronger than just, well, we got to name them something. What it is is it's an identity. It's a designation. And he had this name given to him, highly prized, and his life on the outside didn't look like it. You following this today? His name meant I mean something. I have value. I am worth something. But his life really didn't look like it. He saw Jesus while he was blind. His theology is great, isn't it? Jesus, we just did a whole series. Son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd was spiritually blind. They were walking with Jesus, but they were spiritually blind. By the way, if you read the story right before this, it's almost like a, a mirror image because the, uh, uh, James and John right there, they're talking with Jesus and Jesus looks at them just like he did Bartimaeus and says, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, we want to see that you're right. Which one of us is going to get the better seat in heaven? Jesus rolls his eyes and sighs. You guys don't get it, sons of thunder. You guys don't get it. But when he encounters Bartimaeus and he says, what do you want me to do? Bartimaeus says something almost, you could say, self-seeking. What was the self prayer? He said, I want to receive my sight. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Here's the point. He might have been a beggar. He might have been blind, but he saw Jesus as he really was. That's the important thing as we cry out to Jesus. Jesus is full of compassion. Notice where he's going, and yet he takes some time for lost and hurting people. That's a great thing. Well, if you have your outlines, get them ready because I want to give us a few points about what it means to cry out to Jesus. Whether we are new to our faith in Christ, whether we've been following him for decades, all of us at some point have to cry out to him. All of us at some point are going to need something from him. All of us need a touch from the Lord. And what do we do? Everything that we need to do, we can learn from blind Bartimaeus. If you have your outline, let's go to that next slide. Point number one is this. If you want Jesus, simply cry out to him. Amen? If you want Jesus, simply cry out to him. There's no magical recitation you have to give. He says, your faith has made you well. For Jesus, it's all about faith and crying out to him. He, he knew he had to get Jesus' attention. He knew he had to get Jesus' attention, so he cried out. And simply crying out was all it took. By the way, don't you love that there are many people healed in the Gospels that Jesus is on his way somewhere and they kind of interrupt him? 
I love that despite what everything seems like it's going crazy, I can go to Jesus at any time and I know that he can hear me. That's a great thing. Simply cry out to Jesus. When was the last time that you've been so desperate for a touch from him? Whether it's I need clarity in my life, whether it's I need a financial miracle, whether it's I, I, something's got to happen in my, my, my marriage or my work life, whatever it is, that you just simply cried out, God, I kind of need you right now. Part of us feels like, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's a little bit extreme. That's a little bit, you know, undignified. Bartimaeus couldn't care less about being dignified in that moment. He said, this is my chance. He's going by me, and he cried out. He didn't know exactly where he was, but he knew who he was. He said, Jesus, I need you now. If you go another hundred yards, you may not hear me. Now is the moment. If you need him, cry out. Number two, you with me today? Ask with the correct attitude. Notice he didn't say, Jesus, son of David, you owe me. He didn't say that, did he? He didn't say, Jesus, son of David, how come you've been healing people at the pool of Bethesda, huh? He didn't say that. He didn't say, Jesus, I've been, I've been a good boy. I've been doing, why did I just say it like a country bumpkin? I've been a good boy. My Lord, Bartimaeus could have been saying it like that. I don't know. But he didn't say, I've been really trying my best. I've, he, in other words, he's not trying to pull any favors. He adopts the most humble attitude possible. Mercy. He said, nothing can I offer you. I'm simply begging for mercy. Anytime we need the Lord to do something for us, we do not come to him with our bullet point list of how he kind of owes us like wages. No. Everything we have from him is a gift of his grace and mercy. You understand, for me, I, I'm, I'm proud to be a minister. I'm... I'm, I'm Thankful for my upbringing, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not saved. God's not blessed me because of, you know, well, my grandpa was somebody special. I got news for you. My grandpa was somebody special in my eyes, but none of that matters, right? I'm certified, licensed, ordained in the Assemblies of God. All right, I have a degree from one of the flagship schools in the Assemblies of God, Evangel University, getting my graduate work from the seminary. My dad was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. My great, two great-grandpas were Assemblies of God pastor. And it stops there because that was near the founding of the denomination. Right? But none of that comes into play when I'm in my prayer time. None of that comes into play. So God, well, you know I planted Summit Church, right? You, come on. You owe me. No. Every time I ask him for something, I have the right attitude. God, because of who you are. Do this for me. Do this for my son. Do this for my, my family. Do this for my, my church. Do this for our people. Have mercy on us. That's the right attitude. We don't come to him with anything other than empty hands. And he looks at it and says, now you get it. Now you get it. Now I'll do anything. You see, the disciples came to him. We're something special. And Jesus says, you guys have no idea what you're asking. You don't get it yet. Bartimaeus comes to him, a beggar and blind, with the right attitude, and Jesus said, I will answer your prayer. Number three. Number three is this, my favorite one. Ignore the naysayers. 
and the distractions. Anytime you get a little bit radical in your faith, mark my words, somebody will say, stop that. Even people that you would think would be the ones encouraging you the most. The disciples said, keep quiet, Bartimaeus. Keep quiet. They told him, they told him, stay silent. No, he's about to go to the cross. Now listen, here's what I want you to think about. Jesus was on his way to an important mission. He was on his way to the cross. He was on his way into Jerusalem for Holy Week and all of that. But he saw, this is my chance. And he could have, when they told him that, he could have thought, I mean, who am I kidding? They're right. Who am I? I'm, I'm a nobody. After all, he had a good attitude, didn't he? Have, son of David, have mercy on me. He had the right attitude, but, but in that moment, he could have backed down and stepped back and said, you know what? I, I, I believe, I, I know he'll forgive my sins. That's, that's good enough. No. He ignored the naysayers. He ignored the distractions. And he saw his miracle as passing by him and said, now's my time. And here's the point. As we grow in Christ, if we want more of his blessing in our life, you can't worry about what everybody's going to say. You can't. You can't, you can't worry about the distractions. It may not be actual people that are telling you, shh, be quiet, don't stop following him. But it may be just distractions, things, voices in your life that are like, nah, I really can't do that because that's going to, nah, people are going to maybe laugh at me or whatever. No, ignore them. What's more important, the reputation of man or a blessing from the Lord? 90 seconds later, the man can see. What if he would have said, you know what? If this doesn't happen, everybody's going to laugh at me. Maybe nobody else will give me any money. But he saw it as worth it. Amen. Number four, he's still with me. Number four is this. Throw off your cloak. Throw off your cloak. Did you catch that? That The first time he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Beggars in those days, they weren't just wearing a, a coat as if, you know, it's cold out and he to kind of... That was actually a, a thing that would have been placed on a beggar to identify them as such so that others can see them from a distance. In other words, it, it was more than just a physical thing around them. It meant something to passers-by that they could look and say, this is a blind man. Drop him a dime here or there. But the Bible says that the second time he cried out, he, right, and they're like, he threw off his cloak. That's, that's huge. And here's why. He's going to Jesus. He's crying out to Jesus. But there's still something he has to let go of. And that's the point. His comfort, his past, probably a cloak he could have had, we don't know, years, decades maybe. But the point is this. His old life he knew was about to be gone. Anytime. God gets ready to do something amazing in our life, in our church, in our family. There's an opportunity for us to lay something else aside. And that's symbolic, yes, but it's powerful because that means if we do that, we are symbolizing to Him, I don't need that anymore. Yeah, I used to be a drunk. Yeah, I used to be filled with bitterness and anger. Yeah, I used to be fill in the blank. I used to be an adulterer, whatever. I don't carry that anymore. I'm getting ready for a touch from the Lord. Number five, my favorite one. What do we need to learn from blind Bartimaeus? Keep following him. Musicians, if you'd come today, 
Keep following him. I love the story. Jesus says, what do you want? The God who created the universe by speaking it into existence looks into a blind man and says, what can I do for you? And he says, oh, I want to see. I want to see. By the way, I love he didn't try to be like over-spiritual in this moment. Lord, I pray that you just teach me up and grow me in spiritual discernment. He says, no, I can't see anything. I really want to see. And he says, your faith has made you well. Did you know um, other times when Jesus heals people, he tells them to go on their way? Or that the Bible says that they went on their way. But this man, it says after he healed him, he joined the crowd. The same people that were telling Bartimaeus, keep quiet, the same followers, two minutes later, they're all walking again, following the shepherd, and Bartimaeus is part of the group. As we close, two things. Number one, may we never be a church like the disciples and the crowd that we are a hindrance to people coming to Christ. They probably had some good reasons in their mind. No, this is Jesus. This is important. we got to protect him. But in that moment, Jesus saw, I need to have compassion on this man. Whether it's family members, coworkers, friends, whoever, do your best to get them to Jesus. Amen? And then secondly, whenever you need a touch from the Lord, you need direction, you need a need met, whatever it is, do these five things. Do these five things and see them as a pattern that God will not only hear, but he will touch you. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today you enjoyed the content and what God was speaking to you today. Again, we'd love to connect with you more by going to ardmoresummit.church. Join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. in Ardmore, Oklahoma at 1725 North Commerce Street. Take care and be blessed.